Welcome to another episode of D-List at the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. We are back from our holiday break. Welcome back, Allison. Welcome back. Happy New Year, Michael. 2022. Happy New Year. Yes, and you'll have to bear with us because our brains are still in holiday haze somewhat. Oh, deep in it. Really bad. My brain is like Christmas cheese right now. Christmas cheese? Yeah, you know, like the the cheese you put out at Christmas. (laughs) You Uh, know, Christmas cheese. singles? (laughs) Well, Michael, come on, I'm not that fancy. Generic store brand singles. Yeah, it's like it takes takes a while to get out of it. Because once you've, like, heard... All I want for Christmas is you like a billion times on a loop for six weeks straight. You need some time to recuperate, which is what we're doing. And if you were also kind of locked down during that time as well. So you're like locked down and you're hearing Mariah Carey and there's no place to escape. Yeah, your your brain gets really soft. Yeah. And I'm also like the holidays, I'm always kind of cautious. Yeah, why is that? Because it seems like a time when big celebrity deaths happen. Like George like I remember, Michael. Yeah, in 2016. Yeah, George Michael died yeah. on Christmas Day. And then yeah. Carrie Fisher. And then a few days later, her mother, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. I know. That was... Yeah, it's like you... And you have to report on those. Those aren't ones where... Those aren't stories that you can just kind of go, Oh, you know what? We'll save these for the new year. Those are huge. And and so whenever Christmas creeps around, I I get nervous. And sadly, this year was no exception. On the last day of 2021, a, a huge celebrity death hit us. Huge. Mm-hmm. Um, just hours before 2021 ended. It was 2022 for some people. In Australia, it was already 2022. Betty White died. And I was wrapping up my day. Mm-hmm. because it was New Year's Eve and I got like the TMZ alert. I think they yep. broke the story. And I was like, what? I didn't understand. And then I was like, is there another Betty White who is 99 years old? Because I'm not going to believe that this is the Betty White they're talking about. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a hoax at first. I was like, we need, I, I need more confirmation than this. This is a rumor. This is unsubstantiated. But it was not. Citation needed, but then it was sadly confirmed. And um, and Betty was turning is turning one hundred on January seventeenth. Yes. And this was just not long before that. And to like commemorate her big one hundredth birthday, People Magazine like that week Mm -hmm. did a big cover story, and so a lot of people think they jinxed. I think things. I think that I don't necessarily believe in a jinx, except for when I saw that People magazine cover. I was like, I don't like the energy that this is putting out into the world. Well, I had a friend who said to me, like, they they jinxed it. Like, yeah. they should have saved this for a week after. So send all your hate mail to People magazine. Um, Betty died peacefully in her sleep. And the death certificate says that she had a minor stroke six days before her death. She was coherent, but she did have a stroke. And, you know, people always say, like, I thought Betty White was going to live forever. And, you know, of course, we didn't think that literally. But knowing that Betty White is gone and that all the stars of the greatest show that ever existed, Golden Girls, are dead, did give me feelings. And I never get feelings. Yeah, you probably felt like, well, I'm like, "Hmm, let me guess the feeling you felt, Michael. Did you feel sad? (laughs) I was trying to think like, I bet you felt like this. Probably felt sad. I felt sad. It's a sad feeling. It's very, it's very like an end. Yeah, this one was especially sad. It was especially sad. And and yes, she lived like a long, amazing life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's still sad knowing that she's no longer here. That it is a Betty White-less earth. Oh, for sure. Like, I think that there are definitely, you know, obviously there are deaths that happen way too soon and too early. And those are like devastating. And then, you know, we should all be so lucky if we get to live to be almost 100 years old. 
but it's still sad. It's like that this person is gone now. Like their life is has wrapped up. There's nothing more to it. It's it's very sad. It's final. And we and many of us grew up with Betty White, like from little Absolutely. kids and on. We grew up with Betty White, and she was also one of those rare, rare, rare famous people who you couldn't really say anything bad about. Like there's the the celebrities I can't say anything bad about. I don't think I can count you know, on one hand. It's maybe three. If we're lucky, that would be like us working really hard to think of three people. Yeah, it's Betty White was it. Two. It was like... Yeah, she she was one of the few. Totally unproblematic, beloved by everyone. And it wasn't like the type of beloved where you're like, oh, we just like this lady. It's like, no, she's genuinely an enjoyable person. She's very funny. She Everything that she does, she adds to it. Like if she appears like you know whatever on like an awards show it's like she's adding to it she's making it better just by being there so yeah it's like everyone liked her yeah she did make everything better and you know Mm -hmm. she just wasn't like the star of the golden girls and the mary tyler moore show and all the shows she was on and all the movies she was in she was like a powerhouse really and she took no shit and i don't think many people know that like betty white's first sitcom it was called life with elizabeth it aired in the 50s and she was a producer on it, and a woman directed episodes of it. And that never happened back then. No, no. And she also, Betty had a daytime talk show in the 1950s, and she had a tap dancer, um, tap dancer Arthur Duncan, who is black, on her show. And when she had him on her show, she got all this, the show got all this hate mail from racists in the South who were threatening to boycott the show. And mm-hmm. Betty's response was, live with it and kept having Arthur Duncan on her show. I know. And that's incredible because that's like at a time when being brave really was like you could get a show canceled. Yeah, she could have ruined her career could have been ruined. And she took that risk because it was the Mm -hmm. right thing to do. And she, as we know, she's a champion to all animals. Mm -hmm. So it is a huge loss. Yeah. It, yeah, and it's one of the, she's one of those people where I hesitate to use the word celebrity. She's like a real entertainer that did everything. Like she was in movies, she was in TV, she hosted the Rose Bowl parade. Like she was like an old, oh gosh, I can't believe I just said old. That's so disrespectful to her. I was going to say she's like an old time showbiz person where she did everything and she did it forever. Like she was like a worker. Yeah, and we loved it. I, we never, ever got sick of her. She, she, we she could have been our TVs every single day and we would have loved it. Oh, yeah. And even right up until the end, Michael, I don't know if you watched Hot in Cleveland. I did <laughs> religiously. I loved Hot in Cleveland. Um, but she was obviously the best part to it. Every episode could have just been her. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Been. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep renewing it for each season. It's great. Just a few days after Betty's death, on January 6th, we lost another pioneer, icon, barrier breaker, and more when Sir Sidney Poitier died at his home in Los Angeles. He was 94, and mm-hmm. Sidney was a legend with a capital L-E-G-E. Do I know how to spell legend? See, it's the holiday haze, too. It took me a minute. I was like... He deserves that respect to know to have the proper spelling of legend. Yeah, L-E-G-E-N-D. He was the first Black actor to be nominated for an Oscar. He was the first Black actor to win Best Actor when he won for Lilies of the Field. In 1967, this is, I didn't know this. In 1967, he starred in To Sir With Love in the Heat of the Night and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. So he was like the king of All Hollywood three in, the same in year. 1967. Yeah. That's insane. You know, and he chose roles that like broke down stereotypes and like recently, Nicolas Cage said, don't call me an actor, call me a thespian. But if there's anybody who deserves to be called a thespian, it's Sidney Poitier. Yeah. Yeah. No disrespect to Nicolas Cage, but yeah. Yeah. He it also starred, started his own production company back in the day with mo- other movie stars like Barbara Streisand. And I didn't know that. Um, he directed movies, including Stir Crazy. Which I didn't know he directed Stir Crazy. No, I had no idea. And when I learned that after he passed, I was like, first of all, slap me for learning that after the man died. But that feels like such a strange sort of thing for him to do. But not really, though, because 
he was like that talented. Well, one thing I read is that he was starting to get shit from black activists for playing roles that they felt were like too perfect. Right. Like ideal characters. Yeah. Yeah, And so he decided to broaden and that's when he got into directing. And so yeah, stir crazy. He directed, um, ghost dad he was the ambassador of the bahamas to japan for many years so like betty he lived a long amazing life and he broke down doors but again another major loss yeah again it's like somebody who cannot be replicated it's like they're their own person there will never be another one of him and over the weekend we suddenly lost bob saget and i say suddenly because He was only 65, and he Mm -hmm. was starting a stand-up comedy tour. Yeah, at the very beginning of it. Yeah, and the night before he died, he wrote a note on Instagram about a show he just did and how he was having the best time finding his new voice and couldn't wait to do more shows, which is very sad. Yeah, and he was found dead in his hotel room in Orlando, The police say there were no signs of foul play, no signs of drug use. Authorities apparently believe he died of a heart attack or a stroke. Mm -hmm. And that was another shocking one. And Bob Saget, of course, was, we know, from Full House, America's Funniest Home Videos, and Fuller House. Did you watch Full House as a kid? Yeah, I did. I watched, yeah, that was like that and Family Matters and uh, Step by Step. The like three of them all in a row. It's like never missed it. I loved it. You did watched you? every single episode. I did, which is yeah, which is a departure for me because usually like Full House <laughs> wouldn't be my kind of show because I like a show like with a big strong female lead. And I, I well, mean, Kimmy Gibbler Kimmy is Gibbler. a big strong. Yeah, she's a big strong female lead. Yeah, so on, I, no. I take that back. But um, Bob Saget was America's TV dad for a moment. And Mm -hmm. um, one of the most shocking moments of my life was finding out that the man who played the human pair of khakis known as Danny Tanner, the most wholesome person in the world, was just raunchy as hell. Like had the dirtiest sense of humor. That was that was absolutely wild to me. That's like a life changing moment in uh, the lives of like 90s kids is you know like for boomers it's like where were you when the moon landing happened and for us it's like where were you when you learned that uh bob saget was not danny tanner in real life yeah when you learn that danny tanner's humor was bluer than a blue man like yeah. it was i was <laughs> scandalized and when i would watch clips i was i was like i can't believe that danny tanner can physically say these things with his mouth yeah it's the real danny tanner would be so ashamed I don't even know if Danny Tanner from Full House watches TV. It's all too blue for him. (laughs) Yeah, only the Disney Channel. Yeah. (laughs) Bob was also very loved in Hollywood and in the comedy community. Like the entire cast of Full House paid tribute to him, saying they were Mm -hmm. devastated and speechless and cherished working with him. Jimmy Kim also did a very touching tribute on his show to Bob. And uh, Bob was the sweetest. He was the sweetest man. Um... It, and the reason people wrote that is because it's true. It's the best word. If you had to pick one word to describe him, that was it, the sweetest. I have so many wonderfully kind and supportive uh, texts and emails, calls from Bob. He always had a compliment. He would write sometimes just to tell me he loved me, and I know he, he did that for many people. He was so funny, and I'm not talking about Full House or America's Funniest Home Videos or stand-up comedy or movies. I mean funny for real. Like when you walked into a party, you saw Bob and his wife Kelly in, in the corner, you go straight to them and stay for as long as you could because he had something funny to say about everything and nothing bad to say about anyone. Yeah, and the one thing, like whenever somebody passes, there's generally people usually have like the good sense to say something nice you know unless it was like a horrible monster that died you know what i'm saying but like with bob saget it's like there literally nobody has anything bad to say about him like they all say like he was the nicest person and like the kindest person which always sort of shocks me a little because i feel like maybe you have to be like kind of 
not an asshole to get ahead in Hollywood, but like you have to have like a bit of edge to you, I guess. And they were, everybody's like, no, he was just like a nice person. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it feels like, you know, we lost three people who everyone said nice things about within 10 days. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was way too soon. Like it was like all together too soon. It was like back to back to back. Yeah. Thank you, universe. So let's move on from sadness to Mm -hmm. something we're really good at. Talking shit. (laughs) Complete 180. Specifically (laughs) talking shit about the Kardashians and Kanye. I mean, we've got our PhD in that. So Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are in the middle of a divorce. We know that she Mm -hmm. wants out because she filed papers to be declared legally single. And she's with Pete. I always want to say Pete Doherty. (laughs) And I'm always like, please, like Kim Kardashian can pull Pete Doherty. She wishes. No, she's with Pete Davidson, the lesser Pete. Oh, the less, I mean, yeah, I I mean, Pete Davidson truly doesn't have the type of uh, Wikipedia biography that Pete Doherty has. No, not even close. But they're together. They're a thing. And Kanye, on the other hand, has apparently not moved on. He's been trying to win Kim back. He's said out loud that he wants Kim back. He bought the house across the street from hers um which is like creepy i i mean if since it's kanye yes it's creepy if it was somebody else who was not a mess i'd probably say okay he just wants to be close to his kids it makes it easier yeah to like shuttle them back and forth i mean it's not like it's not like their houses are i mean they live in mansions with gates and shit yeah, but he could still, like, see at Kim's house. Like, he could build a little tower in a treehouse and look over and see <laughs> into her house. It's too close Which, for me. Don't give him ideas, because he will do that. But so, yeah, so he's stalking her, basically. But he's also been on a few dates with Julia Fox. And Julia Fox, she's an actress. She was in Uncut Gems and No Sudden Moves. But she's mostly known for Uncut Gems. And now she's mostly known for being... Kanye's latest dress-up doll, basically. Yeah, I feel like if you didn't know her from Uncut Gems, you, like, only know her as Kanye's dress-up doll now. Sadly for her, Mm -hmm. yeah. So Kanye and Julia met on New Year's in Miami, and they've been on a few dates in Miami, New York, and L.A. They went to see the Broadway play, uh, Slave Play, and I I think I read on Dumois or something or another. Yeah gossip site that when they were at slave play his he had a photographer like taking pictures of them and same when they went to they went to a restaurant after carbone and he had a and but we're gonna find out why he had a photographer (laughs) following them i'm sorry but imagine paying so much money to see a broadway play especially one as like um notable as slave play where it's like those tickets are hard to get and you're sitting there right behind the seats that Kanye West and Julia Fox have. And all of a sudden they start taking pictures. I would be, well, first of all, I would be asking for my money back. No question. Yeah, I would, I would be asked to be moved, but it gets worse. Okay. So Julia wrote an article for interview magazine called date night. And Uh she wrote about their first two dates in a magazine and there's a photo shoot there's a there's a photo spread so there's pictures from their date like a whole article and photo spread of their date i mean i mean listen michael it is crazy as hell but can you not acknowledge that if you were like 15 years old and you went on a date with a really popular person from your high school you would absolutely write about it in the school newspaper it depends on the person. Kanye loves it. He loves attention. But if it's anybody mm-hmm. else, I'd be like, I don't want to fuck this up. So I'm going <laughs> to be really careful. I'm, like, I'm going quiet to, as hell. <laughs> I'm going to be quiet as hell. Um, she was not. And that's why it's like, just go out and wear t-shirts that say, this is for PR. Like, it would have been more subtle than a whole article on two dates. 
and a photo spread and shit in Interview Magazine. But I'm just going to read, I'm going to read some of what she wrote. She honestly only wrote Please. two paragraphs. Please so do. So it's not oh, like she was so short. <laughs> she didn't work too hard. No, if she probably wrote it like, she probably wrote it while waiting for Slave Play to start. And she's like, I'm just yeah. going to write this right now. In so, intermission. <laughs> so she writes, at the restaurant, Yi directed an entire photo shoot for me while people dined. The whole restaurant loved it and cheered us on while it was happening. After dinner, Yi had a surprise for me. I mean, I'm still in shock. Yi had an entire hotel suite full of clothes. It was every girl's dream come true. It felt like a real Cinderella moment. I don't know how he did it or how he got all of it there in time, but I was so surprised. Like, who does things like this on a second date or any date? Everything with us has been so organic. <laughs> Girl, please. Okay. I don't know where things are headed, but this is, but if this is any indication of the future, I'm loving the ride. <laughs> that sounds like, that sounds like she's writing copy for like uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain. It, it, it I don't know where this is headed, but I'm loving the ride. Also, she's like maybe the perfect person to be with Kanye West because that is, no disrespect to Julie Fox, the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. It is so stupid. And like, if, I mean, okay, if you were on a date, second date yeah. at a restaurant and they direct, and your date directed a photo shoot, it was like, let's do a photo shoot right here at the restaurant in front of everybody. Like, would you think that was romantic? I would be like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. And then I would like take my purse with me and then they'd be like, oh, the bathroom is that way. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the bathroom that's out the front door. <laughs> And just leave. I'd be like, I can't. But first, you would stop by the kitchen. Like, can you just pack up my meal, charge it to him, and then go to the bathroom. Please. Make sure please to get that some free ex- meal. Yeah, please throw in some extra bread. I deserve this. Believe me. You have no idea. Take a look outside. There's a camera crew. I need to get out of here now. Or like, how would you feel if a guy like got you a bunch of outfits to try on? Is that romantic for a second date? Or is that creepy slash controlling? Okay, I know a girl who this happened to, and it was a girl that I used to work with, and she was like, this guy was like not her boyfriend. It was just like some guy. The situation was very mysterious and questionable. And she's like, oh, it was so great. Like, we got together on Friday night, and he like rented a hotel room for me, and he had all these like clothes and purses and shoes for me, and it was so romantic. Like, like she's like, I got to pick out whatever I wanted to wear, and then I would wear it, and we went on a date, and it was like really romantic. And I was like... That is really, really weird. And it's just so, it, it's just like assuming you know what somebody wants. Also, it's a little like, pretty are, womanish. It's pretty womanish, except nobody in the situation is Richard Gere or Julie Roberts. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a, that's a movie. That's, not, that's yeah. not real life. It's very weird. It would just be weird too, because imagine if you didn't want to put on the clothes, like how the hell would that go? He's telling you what he wants to see you in. He doesn't like learn your personal style. And no. then it's ju- he's just saying, this is what I want. And also the other thing is like, because you mentioned like sitting at Slave Play and they're doing a photo shoot. I can't imagine yeah. sitting in a restaurant and there's like Kanye West doing a photo shoot. Like I'm, I just want to, you know, uh, enjoy my carbonara or whatever I'm eating in peace. Yeah. And I'm already nervous because coronavirus is going around. I'm indoors in a restaurant. And then I there I Ask see... Off. Kanye virus like creating yeah. this photo shoot and if I'm just trying man- to eat my pasta yeah if I was the manager at Carbone I would be going around to every table being like I am so sorry that this is happening right now we your meal has been comped you don't have to pay for anything again I apologize profusely we did not expect this kind of shit to happen tonight it's like when the restaurant floods or like someone sees like a rat run through the restaurant they're like oh my god I am so sorry I'm so sorry that this is part of your dining experience no, Carbana is loving it. They're loving yeah. it. Um, so Kim apparently is cool with Kanye dating Julia Fox. And sources tell Page Six that Kanye is still trying to win Kim back and was going to follow her to the Dominican Republic where he heard she was going with Pete Davidson. And when Kim heard that Kanye heard that she was headed to the Dominican Republic with her new man, she changed plans and headed for the Bahamas instead. Rich people, you know, they don't have a thing called change fees. So it's easy for them to just, you know, change the direction. And so Allison, Kanye, and Julia Fox, PR or true love? (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I mean, 
Knowing you, you're going to be like, well, I really believe that things are truly Oh my loved. God, you have my number. I was, I was honestly about to say like, you know what? I think maybe actually part of this is sincere. No, this is clearly something that has been cooked up in a publicist's office. But I don't know if it's mutual. I think that Kanye West is in on it, but I don't know if Julia... No, they both are. I can't believe I... She's... I can't believe part of me was like, someone in, someone in this relationship is in true love. <laughs> someone believes in love. Like, and if Kanye is trying to win Kim back, like uh-huh. staging this embarrassing, blatant, amateur PR relationship is not the way to go. Like, did he not learn anything from Pimp Mama Chris? Like, you're not this blatant. So this is probably like, yeah, Kim, I mean, how can Kim be with someone who is so bad at being an attention whore? She can't. That's embarrassing. That's why she moved that vacation is because Kim loves attention and she is a huge attention whore. And if the circumstances were different, she'd be like, oh my God, think about all the attention we're both going to get for being in the Dominican at the same time. And even she is like, no, cancel. We're going to the Bahamas instead. I don't want this. I don't want any part of this charade. I doubt Kim would use a word like charade, but let's pretend. With a K, with a K. Mm-hmm. Karad. So let's end with something that really pissed people off. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't piss me off because, like, I give a fuck what the Pope has to think. And my, my grandma is going <laughs> to fucking slap me from beyond the grave. My abuelita is going to slap me <laughs> for saying that. So the current Pope, Pope Francis, is known as the cold Pope because he said that premarital sex isn't so bad. And some things you know, make it seem like he's trying to push the Catholic Church a little forward. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But any goodwill he had, he shit that all away by saying this. So I'm just going to read what he said. Mm-hmm. Many, many couples do not have children because they do not want to, or they have just one, but they have two dogs, two cats. Yes, dogs and cats take the place of children. Yes, it's funny. I understand. But it is the reality. And this denial of fatherhood or motherhood diminishes us. It takes away our humanity. And in this way, civilization, um, and in this way, civilization becomes aged and without humanity because it loses the richness of fatherhood and motherhood. Yeah, pet owners, very, very upset about that. I feel like even... Uh, I was going to say children owners. That's not right. Children. <laughs> Those owners. who have children also probably were not feeling that statement either. But everyone has pointed out that this is rich coming from him because he's a man who has no kids. He's the leader of an organization that doesn't let their priests and nuns have kids. And also the leader of an organization that has a history of being a menace to children. See, mm-hmm. all the pedophile priests. So, I mean... Yeah, he he probably should be running by conversations about kids uh, before he talks about them. But also, I mean, he's no offense to the Pope, but like, read the room. The reason that a lot of people are choosing pets over kids is because like, nobody can afford anything. People cannot afford to buy a house to put their kids in, uh, Mm -hmm. you know. How are you going to afford to put kids through college? Like, my daughter's college fund is just a two-for-one coupon. That's it. Like, there's nothing in there. And you don't have to pay for a dog to go to college. <laughs> dogs dogs, and cats are much more low-maintenance. Also, like, the future is very uncertain, right? It's like, I know that there's tons of people that say, like, I don't want to have kids because I don't want to, like, give my kids this world. Like, I don't want my kids to inherit this world that's, like, dying. Yeah, exactly. And, like... I say, like, if you want to have a kid, great. If you don't want to have a kid, great. Great. But, like, first of all, we have tons of people on this earth. We have tons Mm -hmm. of humans. Um, Second of all, we have, us people have already fucked up this planet pretty badly. Um, Mm -hmm. Third of all, this, just this past week, I've written two stories. I've written one story about a dog who um, alerted the police to a car crash his human had. Like his human like crashed off the barrier, whatever that's called, and Mm -hmm. went down the hill. And this dog alerted the police to that crash. 
another dog uh, was hiking in the mountains, uh, snowy mountains, and they got stuck. And this dog kept his human warm for 13 hours by cuddling. Okay, so dogs are important to humanity. They keep us alive. Yeah, we should be lucky to adopt a dog. (laughs) Is a baby going to keep you, as a human baby, going to keep you warm 13 hours in the snow? No, that baby's going to crawl away and go look for a warmer place. Yeah, that baby wants to go find Daniel Tiger on a TV. (laughs) Daniel Tiger on TV. And what's even worse is that he said this right after Betty White died. And Betty White didn't have any children, um, but had pets and was an animal activist. So the disrespect to Betty White. Well, congratulations. He's going to be the first pope in hell. At, At the very least, God should write him up. Michael, do you like um, celebrity biopics? Some of them. Depends. Hmm, okay. Well, do you? How would you? Yeah, I do. I love anything that's based on a true story. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a fan. Um, and if you're a fan of Audrey Hepburn, well, Apple Studios is working on a biopic about Audrey Hepburn's life. And it will be starring, drumroll please, or I should say like, <laughs> apathetic drumroll please, Rooney Mara. Okay. Which Rudy Mara, as we all know from Carol. Let me see. What else do I know? I know Girl with the, the American Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Dragon Tattoo. Um, I know her. The Facebook from... movie. She was in the Facebook movie? Yes. She played the girl that um, Jesse Eisenberg, aka Mark Zuckerberg, started Facebook over because he was like obsessed about her. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That was and like one of like, her first roles, right? Yeah. She's, okay. she's really good in it, actually. Um, but now she's going to be Audrey Hepburn. Okay, tell me, how do you feel about this? Well, you wrote about this for the site, and you mentioned in your post that like people said that Lily Collins should have We're been. so mad. And it kind of reminds me of like the whole being the Ricardos thing when Nicole Kidman was cast as Lucille Ball, and people were like, it should have been Deborah Messing, mm-hmm. right? It kind of reminded me of that. Because it's like, I mean, I get that people thought Lily Collins would be better, but it's not that kind of Audrey Hepburn biopic. It's not on Lifetime. Oh. And, well, it's it's going. I mean, this the guy who directed "Call Me by Your Name" is directing this, yes. so it's going to probably be like Spencer or um, Jackie. You know, it's going to be like super pretentious, super arty, and Audrey's just going to look cold all the time and be sad. So Rooney Mara to me is perfect for this Audrey Hepburn biopic because she always looks cold and sad. What do you think? Yes. Oh, I agree. I think if you want somebody who could have danced all night, then you go with Lily Collins. But if you mm-hmm. want somebody who is going to look really sad when they're reading the Breakfast at Tiffany's script, Rudy Mara. She's your girl, yeah. So, Michael, what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten on apples? Oh, wait, do I want to know the answer to this or not? So, we TikTok is really weird. We know this. And TikTok challenges are, like, oh, beyond. So... There's been a recent TikTok challenge where um, the TikTok children have been putting mustard on Oreos, like regular yellow mustard, uh-huh. and eating it. And okay. so Lizzo, singer Lizzo, mm. did it. She, she's on TikTok, so she put some mustard on Oreos. Then she became challenged by uh, rapper Little Yachty not to do that, which, yeah, everyone should have been like, Lizzo, please don't. Please don't eat mustard on Oreos. Think of your, think of your stomach. Think of your stomach lining. But she responded... By to that by squirting yellow mustard on a Granny Smith apple because that's something that she does is eats mustard on apples, which again, I feel like I love mustard, but there's a lot of vinegar and salt in that. And Lizzo's going to get an ulcer <laughs> if she's not careful. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know how I feel about that. Same with like cheddar cheese on apple pie. Oh, yum. See, I don't know if I can do that. That's what mustard and apple sounds like to me. Okay, well, see, I'm a white person. So cheddar cheese on apple pie is like right up my alley. And to be honest, mustard on a Granny Smith apple, I'll try it. It can't be any worse than those Jell-O salads. Oh my God, Jell-O Allison, mustard on apples are not as bad as Jell-O salads are delicious. Jell-O salads are the the angels... um, Butt crack. Butt crack. 
Yeah. The angel's butt cheeks. <laughs> w- wiggly is butt cheeks. Salad. <laughs> butt jelly. The angel's butt jelly is jello salad. But yeah, you try the mustard. You try the mustard and apple and get back to me. I'll do it. I'll do it. Again, my stomach is wrecked. It, the, my stomach will see the mustard and the apple falling down into it. And they'll be like, yeah, I guess this is what we're doing now. <laughs> They're like, something healthy. Yeah. <laughs> These are mostly natural. I don't understand what's going on. So speaking of food, um, we learned this week what the Queen's, Queen Elizabeth, of course, what the Queen's guilty pleasure food is. So her personal chef of 15 years pulled back the curtain on what the queen eats when she like is really feeling naughty. And I would have expected it was something like a cheeseburger from McDonald's because that to me feels like something that would be like a guilty pleasure of the queen. Does she even know what McDonald's is? Oh, she probably thinks it's like a, uh, like a Scottish aristocrat. Oh, call up my friend, (laughs) MacDonald. He's a, he's in the Highlands. I'd like to meet with him for tea. And she wouldn't totally be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> okay, but here's what the queen is eating when she wants to feel like a little nasty. She eats... Oh, even saying this makes me feel gross. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the queen. Apologies to her. A bunless venison burger. So venison is deer. It's mm-hmm. been freshly shot, of course. She's not eating any freezer venison burgers. Freshly, sh- so she wants a freshly shot venison. Uh, like, uh, what's freshly? Like an I hour say like, or a couple of days? Like the morning, maybe. What? The day okay. before. Okay. Maybe. I would consider a deer shot five days ago to be not fresh. Okay, so she wants a fresh. She wants to hear the gunshots as she's sitting down at the dining room table. <laughs> Probably. She wants to smell the smoke off the gunpowder. She's like, okay, that's fresh enough. And it's stuffed with cranberries, which this is what we're talking about, by the way, is just like meat stuffed with sour fruit. That's her Uh, guilty pleasure. The the mustard and apple sounds better than that, to be honest. It does. I would rather have the mustard and the apple. I mean, now I know why she would drink so much because she's trying to get the taste of that cranberry fresh venison out of her mouth. She's like, oh, gin. And with no bun either, give the queen some bread, poor woman. she she needs some buns. (laughs) So Nicolas Cage um, was doing one of those like uh, Hollywood Reporter roundtable things that they do at um, award season where they Mm -hmm. like discuss acting and being an actor and all that stuff. Excuse Mm -hmm. me, I shouldn't say actor, I should say thespian. He's made it very clear that he wants to be known as a thespian. So he started talking about his experience riding a horse for a movie that he was doing called Butcher's Crossing. And the horse's name was Rain Man. And he described his experience with Rain Man as being a nightmare. He said he almost got killed several times by Rain Man. He said that Rain Man kept trying to like uh, buck him off. Rain Man was not cooperative. Rain Man, in, according to Nicolas Cage, intentionally tried to smack Nicholas's, Nicolas Cage's head off of things. So like, once or like, like he tried to kick nicholas's head off of things no 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 smack his head off things so like if like you're riding rain man rain man would like intentionally okay you know when you're going to a parking garage and it's and it says like clearance level seven yeah. feet like no truck oh I know yeah rain man okay. would like run into stuff that he would know nicholas cage would like maybe smack his head off of he was trying to decapitate nicholas cage rain man was yeah, like yes, manslaughter. Trying to murder Nicholas Cage. Yeah, Rain Man slaughter. <laughs> but Nicholas Cage is fine. He survived Rain Man, and Rain Man is allegedly still out there. But Rain Man only had a problem with Nicholas Cage. I feel like I feel like Rain Man kind of like looked at Nicholas Cage's hair and it was like, "What's going on there?" I don't think Rain Man was like intentionally trying to hurt Nicholas Cage. I think he was like, Let's "See if we can brush that thing off your head." I don't know what it is, and. Finally, Michael. Jason Derulo. Wait, do your best Jason Derulo impression for me. Oh my God. Jason Derulo. I can't do it. You do it. You can probably do it. I think you do it good. I think you've done it here before. Maybe. Jason Derulo. Yeah, you do it way better. It's not great, but it's okay. So Jason Derulo. It's a little Shakira. It's a little Shakira doing Jason Derulo, but that fits. If anyone needs an impression of Shakira doing Jason Derulo, I've got it on lock. So Jason Derulo is a singer, as you and I know, and um, he was at a Las Vegas hotel uh, last week 
I believe, uh, and or after New Year's, and he got into a fight with two people, which is scary because Jason Derulo doesn't seem like the type. But the fight might have um, started or ended with the two people fighting Jason Derulo, confusing him for Usher. One of the people fighting Jason Derulo was heard saying, uh, and I quote, hey, Usher, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, I don't think he confused him for Usher. I think he was trying to piss off Jason Derulo by calling him Usher. Is would that be the would that be the most brutal insult for Jason Derulo though? I mean, it's bad. It's not good. <laughs> I feel like if you really wanted to get Jason Derulo, you'd be like, you would just keep asking him who he is, because Jason Derulo says it in every song. Oh yeah, I mean, he says his fucking name. Like, how, how, so, can, how can you get it wrong? I mean, the worst thing to say is him is I loved you in Cats. Like, to remind him he was in Cats. That, to me, is worse than being called Usher. Yeah. <laughs> That's beyond Usher. <laughs> but you know what will impress me? Is um, he kept his mask on for a part of the fight. Yes. Like, he's whooping a trick and he has his mask on. So if, like, Jason Derulo can kick someone's ass and keep his mask on... We can all keep our mask on in the grocery store for 30 minutes or whatever. Okay, so we have decided to wrap up this week's show by talking about some things that we watched over the holiday break. So we were on break for, I don't know, I want to say four weeks. I feel like it's... It's rotten of me to make us do math right now. But yeah, so we were on break for a while. We had a lot of time on our hands. And usually that means that we've got some time to watch some stuff on television. Or I say watch it on television like this is the 1980s and we just pulled out our TV guides and like circled what we were going to watch. But you know what I mean. We watch stuff. So we thought it'd be fun to go through and talk about the best thing we watched over the holidays and the worst thing we watched over the holidays. So, Michael, I think I'm going to start with best thing. So what is the best thing that you watched over the holiday break? Okay, I, watched, I did watch a lot of good things during um, the holidays. But the m- thing I enjoyed the most, that was the most fun to watch for me, was Queen of the Universe, which is a show that I wish got more attention. So if you don't know, Queen of the Universe, here in the U.S., it's on Paramount+. Plus. It's six episodes it's like American Idol and X Factor, but with drag queens. It's only six episodes? Yeah, it's quick. Okay. And um, so it's singing drag queens from around the world. They compete with each other. It's produced by the RuPaul's Drag Race people. I think RuPaul is a producer on it, too. Graham Norton's the host. The judges are Vanessa Williams, Trixie Mattel, Leona Lewis, and Michelle Visage. And so each episode, like the queens perform a popular song and like, there's some production to it. You know, there's sets, there's effects, there's backup dancers. So it's not low budget. Um, and it's just an easy, fun watch. And my favorite judge is probably Vanessa Williams because <laughs> whenever like often, she did this often, like when someone would perform a song, she would say, I'm sick of hearing that song, but I liked your spin on it. <laughs> Everybody does this song, but I appreciate your version of it. Negging before a compliment. Perfect. Yeah. Now, and it's I only six qu- episodes. Yeah. It's extremely entertaining. So I have a question. Is it like a competition? Like, does somebody win at the end of it? Yes. So it's, okay. I don't know how many queens it is, but yeah, there's eliminations each episode and then okay. someone wins at the end and juju b is in it um really i'm not gonna comment on her singing but <laughs> she, she looks gorgeous she looks stunning but <laughs> <laughs> we don't so, honestly yeah. we don't need more from juju b than just looking absolutely beautiful head to toe gorgeous yeah so yeah but queen of the universe totally watchable i recommend it what's yours what's the best thing for you you watch this holiday. Okay. So for me, I think I watched actually a lot of stuff. I'm not somebody who usually watches a ton of movies, but I forced myself to this holiday. And the best thing that I watched was the movie Red Rocket. So that is um, the like the latest movie by Sean Baker, who did The Florida Project and Tangerine 
and I can't remember his other movies that he did before that. But like the big one for me is The Florida Project. I love that movie a lot. And um, this is the movie that it stars Simon Rex as um, like a former porn star who has to like move back to his really, really small Texas town. Mm -hmm. And he kind of moves back under like mysterious circumstances. He has like no money. Um, He has to live with his ex-wife and her mom. And it's about him kind of like, he's still like kind of like a little bit delusional. Like I think he thinks that he can be a porn star again. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's really, really good. Like there's Sean Baker's movies are kind of like, there's a lot of landscapes a lot of like visuals so it's like a it's a funny it's a very funny movie but it's also very beautiful it's like shot on film um it's shot in like the summer in texas it's so it's really really pretty um and yeah like simon rex is getting like oscar buzz or like awards season Mm -hmm. like best actor buzz for his performance which honestly it's really good simon rex to me is the guy from scary movie three and so it was really fun to watch him be such a good actor in this movie and simon rex to me is so he was an mtv vj but we all found his like he when he started out he did like nude modeling mm-hmm. i think he did jack off videos yes and yes, so he did those made the rounds like when he was a vj so that's yeah. the simon rex i remember yeah and so that's kind of like though the simon rex in this movie though is like this is like a dude who used to win like, um, you know, AVN awards and stuff like that. And now he has like $20 and he can't get a job and stuff. It's it's really good. It was it was definitely the best thing that I watched all uh, all season. Let me ask you something. I haven't yes. seen it yet. But okay. is the relationship and don't give anything away. But okay. is the relationship he has with that young girl yes. problematic? Okay. so Or does that yeah, give things away? I'm not going to give it away. And I'm going to say this. In the very beginning from the first scene, I was like, I don't like where this is going. And it doesn't make you feel like that for the rest of the movie. Okay. okay. It's it that, it yeah, honestly is like if some yeah, if somebody told you like, oh, this is kind of like a relationship that happens in the movie, you'd be like, oh gross. But it's very pivotal to the actual plot of the movie. And okay. um yeah, it, it doesn't make you feel gross. It's 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 good that way. Um okay, so now we know what the best thing that you saw was. What was the worst thing that you watched over the break? Okay, I watched a lot of shit. Um, I watched Emily in Paris, but I knew that was going to be crap. I watched in Just Like That. I knew it was going to be crap. So the worst thing I watched is something that I was told was going to be great and amazing. And that's being the Ricardos. And it was nothing of the sort. <laughs> so... <laughs> And Nicole Kidman, she's a front runner for right. the Best Actress Oscar. Like, she has a good shot at it. And I don't know. I mean, I know why they're kind of pushing for her. But for me, I mean, at times I saw the essence of Luce, uh, Lucille Ball. But other times I just saw Nicole Kidman in, like, these ginger chola brows. Mm-hmm. And... And, you know, and that's the other thing, like, people were saying her face was distracting because she has these brows and she has all this makeup. And it is, like, I try to not be distracted, but, like, sometimes the lighting hit it and the angles and it's like, am I watching a Lucille Ball biopic or a biopic about an old Navy mannequin? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it di- it didn't seem like from the trailers that she really sold it. No, and, like... Uh, I mean, I felt, except for J.K. Simmons, who played Fred Mertz, Mm -hmm. I felt it was pretty miscast. Like, Mm -hmm. Javier Bardem kind of lacked, like, that boyishness that um, Desi Arnaz had. And Nina Arianda, she plays um, Vivian Vance, who was Ethel Mm -hmm. Mertz. And she was great, but she looked too young. Like, she looked younger than Lucy. And Ethel looked older than Lucy because they styled her to look older. So it's yeah. just kind of all over the place. It was kind of a mess to me. And they shoved so much into like 
this however two hour movie however long it was they shoved so much that it would have probably been better like as a limited series so they could take some time with these stories because lucy had an extremely fascinating life and Mm -hmm. this was like just they crammed too much what was the worst thing you watched okay so the worst thing that i watched i feel really bad saying this because i am a huge fan of the MacGruber sketches from Saturday Night Live. I love the movie from 2010, MacGruber. Um, like, it's probably in one of my top 10 movies. I love it so much. So, Peacock decided to make a TV series about MacGruber, which I was really excited about. Obviously, because it's like, I, I love Will Forte. I love MacGruber. Um, and it is not good. I'm like a couple episodes into it. It's I hate to say this, it's kind of boring. Like the whole thing with MacGruber is that it's it's parody of MacGyver, right? Which is like mm-hmm. in itself yeah. is kind of like almost Ridiculous. like a yeah, it's it's like an unintentional parody of like the action genre. So the thing with MacGruber is it was like everything was it was still a parody and it was still an homage, but it was like very over the top, very funny, uh, really stupid and dumb. And the MacGruber TV series feels like it wasn't written by any comedians it feels like the whole writing staff was like people that worked on like chicago fire or <laughs> like uh-huh. um you know law and so order. the tone like, feels, is totally different the tone's so serious and the tone is so serious in a way that like you're like i guess that could be funny sort of and like everyone is in it, it that's from the movie like ryan Philippe is in it he's actually very good at what he does um Kristen Wiig is in it and again it's like she's not really that funny in it Billy Zane plays the villain in the tv show and in the movie it was Val Kilmer which Val Kilmer was so great and Billy Zane is really great in this too but again it's just like I think I might have laughed one time so far and I I felt bad about that after the episode ended I was and the like, laugh was probably movie. like I can't believe I'm watching this <laughs> Yeah, I, well, <laughs> no, I think it was, like, a line that was, like, said by, like, Lawrence Fishburne or something where I was, like, he deserves to get, like, funny lines, but, like, there should be funnier lines from the leads, I think. So, yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to keep slugging through it. I'm going to try to watch every episode and, like, maybe it gets better. But, yeah, so far that was the that was the most disappointing thing, at least. McGruber was a McGruber? Yeah, that works. Yeah, why not? It works better than the TV show. I'll say that. My brain is still in holiday haze, so that that's what I have to offer. So that ends our first episode of the year. We're back. It's a new year, but it's the old us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a question for us or a note or whatever, you can always email us at dtp at delisted. Com. So here's to Betty, Sydney, and Bob. That sounds like yep. a folk trio. Yes, but I'll raise my glasses anyway. Bye. Bye. Bye.